CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Breakdown with me, NLW. It's a daily podcast on macro, Bitcoin, and the big picture power shifts remaking our world. The Breakdown is sponsored by Nexo.io, Casper, and NEM, and produced and distributed by Coindesk. What's going on, guys? It is Sunday, March 31st, and that means it's time for Long Reads Sunday. The origin story of Bitcoin is legendary at this point. So many of us have imagined this moment where Satoshi presses send on that email, letting the cypherpunks mailing list know about this new invention of his, then watching that thing grow and grow and grow into something that is bigger than him, bigger than the cypherpunks, bigger than anything anyone could have imagined. In truth, however, when he pressed send on that first email, he was received with quite a bit of skepticism. More skepticism, I think, than our imagination normally has it. Here's how Hal Finney put it in 2013. When Satoshi announced Bitcoin on the cryptography mailing list, he got a skeptical reception at best. Cryptographers have seen too many grand schemes by clueless noobs. They tend to have a knee-jerk reaction. Indeed, the exception to that was, in fact, Hal Finney. Hal was the second developer hired for Phil Zimmerman's PGP Corporation, which was one of the most important companies in the early history of encryption, PGP, of course, standing for pretty good privacy. Hal began corresponding with Satoshi and, in fact, became the first person ever to receive a Bitcoin transaction. On January 10th, 2009, he tweeted the famous two-word tweet, running Bitcoin. The excellent Documenting Bitcoin account on Friday shared a post of Hal's from March 19th, 2013, eight years ago exactly. The post is called Bitcoin and Me, and in honor of the anniversary, I thought it would be great to read it here. I thought I'd write about the last four years, an eventful time for Bitcoin and me. For those who don't know me, I'm Hal Finney. I got my start in crypto working on an early version of PGP, working closely with Phil Zimmerman. When Phil decided to start PGP Corporation, I was one of the first hires. I would work on PGP until my retirement. At the same time, I got involved with the cypherpunks. I ran the first cryptographically-based anonymous remailer, among other activities. Fast forward to late 2008 and the announcement of Bitcoin. I've noticed that cryptographic graybeards, I was in my mid-50s, tend to get cynical. I was more idealistic. I've always loved crypto, the mystery and the paradox of it. When Satoshi announced Bitcoin on the cryptography mailing list, he got a skeptical reaction at best. Cryptographers have seen too many grand schemes by clueless noobs. They tend to have a knee-jerk reaction. I was more positive. I had long been interested in cryptographic payment schemes. Plus, I was lucky enough to meet and extensively correspond with both Wei Dai and Nick Sabo, generally acknowledged to have created ideas that would be realized with Bitcoin. 
I had made an attempt to create my own proof-of-work-based currency called RPOW, so I found Bitcoin fascinating. When Satoshi announced the first release of the software, I grabbed it right away. I think I was the first person besides Satoshi to run Bitcoin. I mined block 70-something, and I was the recipient of the first Bitcoin transaction, when Satoshi sent 10 coins to me as a test. I carried on an email conversation with Satoshi over the next few days, mostly me reporting bugs and him fixing them. Looking for the best way to unlock your crypto's liquidity? Nexo.io is exactly what you need. Borrow against your digital assets at just 5.9% APR. Earn passive income with yields of up to 12%. And swap between more than 75 market pairs with the instant Nexo exchange. Try the Nexo wallet app to get the whole 360 degrees of crypto banking. Get started at Nexo.io. Until now, blockchain technology has been a series of compromises. No layer one protocol exists in the market that supports everything enterprises, developers, and consumers need from decentralized applications. Meet Casper. Casper provides the blockchain ecosystem with a solution that makes no compromises around decentralization, security, or performance. Learn more at casper.network. Hey guys, I'm excited to share that this week we have a special product launch sponsor. Symbol, the next-gen public blockchain from NEM, is here. Symbol from NEM is the connector between blockchain and business. It boasts enterprise-grade security and programmability, bringing cutting-edge technical features to projects at the heart of the new economy. Symbol from NEM is built to be interoperable. It supports public and private hybrid models, trustless cross-chain swaps, and easy integration with existing business systems and processes. Join us in building the new economy. Visit symbolplatform.com or nem.io for more information. Today, Satoshi's true identity has become a mystery. But at the time, I thought I was dealing with a young man of Japanese ancestry who was very smart and sincere. I've had the good fortune to know many brilliant people over the course of my life, so I recognize the signs. After a few days, Bitcoin was running pretty stably, so I left it running. Those were the days when difficulty was won, and you could find blocks with a CPU, not even a GPU. I mined several blocks over the next days, but I turned it off because it made my computer run hot, and the fan noise bothered me. In retrospect, I wish I had kept it up longer, but on the other hand, I was extraordinarily lucky to be there at the beginning. It's one of those glass half-full, half-empty things. The next I heard of Bitcoin was late 2010, when I was surprised to find that not only was it still going, Bitcoins actually had monetary value. I dusted off my old wallet and was relieved to discover that my Bitcoins were still there. As the price climbed up to real money, I transferred the coins into an offline wallet where hopefully they'll be worth something to my heirs. Speaking of heirs, I got a surprise in 2009 when I was suddenly diagnosed with a fatal disease. I was in the best shape of my life at the start of that year. I'd lost a lot of weight and taken up distance running. I'd run several half marathons and I was starting to train for a full marathon. I worked my way up to 20 plus mile runs and I thought I was all set. That's when everything went wrong. My body began to fail. I slurred my speech, lost strength in my hands, and my legs were slow to recover. In August 2009, I was given the diagnosis of ALS, also called Lou Gehrig's disease, after the famous baseball player who got it. ALS is a disease that kills motor neurons, which carry signals from the brain to the muscles. It causes first weakness, then gradually increasing paralysis. It is usually fatal in two to five years. My symptoms were mild at first, and I continued to work, but fatigue and voice problems forced me to retire in early 2011. Since then, the disease has continued its inexorable progression. Today, I am essentially paralyzed. I am fed through a tube, and my breathing is assisted through another tube. Operate the computer using a commercial eye tracker system. It also has a speech synthesizer, so this is my voice now. I spend all day in my power wheelchair. I worked up an interface using an Arduino so that I can adjust my wheelchair's position using my eyes. 
It has been an adjustment, but my life is not too bad. I can still read, listen to music, and watch TV and movies. Recently discovered that I can even write code. It's very slow, probably 50 times slower than I was before. But I still love programming and it gives me goals. Currently I'm working on something Mike Hearn suggested using the security features of modern processors designed to support trusted computing to harden Bitcoin wallets. It's almost ready to release, I just have to do the documentation. And of course, the price gyrations of Bitcoins are entertaining to me. I have skin in the game, but I came by my Bitcoins through luck with little credit to me. I lived through the crash of 2011, so I've seen it before. Easy come, easy go. That's my story. I'm pretty lucky overall. Even with the ALS, my life is very satisfying. But my life expectancy is limited. Those discussions about inheriting your Bitcoins are more than an academic interest. My Bitcoins are stored in our safe deposit box and my son and daughter are tech savvy. I think they're safe enough. I'm comfortable with my legacy. Hal passed away on August 28, 2014. There has been much speculation about Hal actually being Satoshi, something that he strenuously denied. I don't think it actually matters. What I do think matters is the living history, the mythology of it. Bitcoin is attempting to do something so massive to totally reframe and reorganize a century of how finance had been organized that it requires not just technology and financial incentives, but an actual mythology that makes people want to feel connected to it. Satoshi or not, Hal has an integral place in that mythology. Thanks for everything you did, Hal. And until tomorrow, guys, be safe and take care of each other.